Episode 11, Who is Japhet? The children of Japhet are Germany, England, Russia, Turkey, Eastern Crimea, Northern Caucasus, Central Asia, Bulgaria, Ukraine, Inner Asia, Hungary, Southern Crimea, Romania, Austria, Switzerland, Southeast Europe, Greece, Yugoslavia, Armenia, France, the Romans, China, Eastern Europe to the Sea of Japan, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Madak, or Medes, who married an Israelite, lived in Iraq. But in Joshua 10, God dispersed the people who were at the Tower of Babel, and Madah, or Medes, were there, Joshua 10 and 13. And the children of Madah, or Madar, or the Orelim, who dwell in Kurzon, C-U-R-S-O-N, or Kurzon, C-U-R-Z-O-N, that's in Britain. Lord Curzon took over India, and they called it British India. Lord Curzon was from England, the UK. There's also a Curzon line between Poland and the Soviet Union. So Madal was not only in Iraq, but he also was in the northern eastern part of the world in England because they were at the Tower of Babel, and they were dispersed there as well. God said that Japhet would enlarge himself, and they did just that. They enlarged himself in the northeastern parts of the world, and they also migrated across countries. Japhet made a name for themselves wherever they went. They were skilled in occupying land, taking it over, and building, and becoming very rich for their gift. In Joshua 10, it talks about all the sons, the children of Japhet, but it's missing specifically Gog and Ashkenazi. But if you reread the scriptures of Joshua 10, 8 through 10, verse 9 is talking about Gomer's son, Raphat, or Repat, and verse 10 is talking about Tokamara. But verse 8 talks about the Frankum city and the Franza river, and there's no name there associated with verse 8. It just says the children of Gomer. But we believe now that verse 8 is talking about the Ashkenazis. Jasher 10 and 8, and the children of Gomer, according to their cities, were the Frankum who dwell in the land of Franza, by the river Franza, by the river Sina. And we talked before that this Frankum is Frankfurt, Germany. They called the names of their cities by their own names and the names of their children in different occurrences. The children of Gomar were the Frankums. They dwell in the land of Franza. These are the Ashkenazis. There's a Franza beer in Germany. Franz, F-R-A-N-Z, is a German origin name. And there are many people with the name F-R-A-N-Z, Franz, in Germany. There's a saying that says, you'll be hard pressed to find a Franz outside of the countries with German origins. The Ashkenazis are known to be very powerful people, rich and very influential in the world and across continents. From the Federal Reserve Banks, to TV stations, news stations, production stations, record labels, studio owners, sports teams, you name it. You can see the imprint of the Ashkenazis in all these areas. In fact, you can Google list of Ashkenazi Jews and you will find them in science, media, governments, military operations. You name it, you can find them. Their reach is long and wide. This is Jafet's people, the Rothschilds created an international Rothschilds financial dynasty in the 1700s in, wait for it, Frankfurt, Germany. They created banks, 
and they moved these banks all across the world from continent to continent. Whoever will let them come in and set up a bank, they did it. And with this operation, they became very wealthy. Not only were they bankers, they also owned oil and gas companies. One oil and gas company is the Caspian and Black Sea Petroleum Company. This particular company was owned by the Rothschilds. And they put out this statement saying, you know, there's a lot of instability out there and there's increasing competition with another oil company called Standard Oil. And they needed to sell their company. So they sold their company to Shell Royal Dutch or Royal Dutch and Shell. The people didn't know was that Standard Oil was owned by Rockefeller. And Rockefeller is a relative of the Rothschilds. So they created this noise that said, you know what, we need to sell our company. This other company here who I guess no one knew was related to the Caspian and Black Sea Petroleum Company. And they were like, we need to sell this. We're having issues. Uh, Standard Oil has given us great competition, but they never told Royal Dutch and Shell that Rockefeller was their relative. And so this is how Jafet framed their business deals. They would get behind different people or different countries and people would be puppets for them. And they would create these scenarios to their benefit. And no one knew that behind each country or behind each person, it was the same people. And this is how the Rothschilds worked because Rothschilds and the Rockefellers are kin. In fact, Rockefeller family are Rothschilds descendants through a female bloodline. They're related. So they were able to sell an oil and gas company to Royal Dutch and Shell. Now that particular company, Standard Oil, is now Chevron. So Shell acquired the Caspian and Black Sea Petroleum Company around 1906 through 1911. That's when the steel went down. Around this time also, there was a broker for the Rothschilds. His name was Jacob Schiff. He was also born in Frankfurt, Germany. He was the head of Kuhn, Loeb & Company, and he gave a speech to the New York Chamber of Commerce. He warns, unless we have a central bank with adequate control of credit resources, this country is going to undergo the most severe and far-reaching money panic in its history. And after he said this, America went through a typical run of the mill engineered financial crisis. And this crisis ruined many lives, lives of millions of innocent people throughout America, but made billions for the Rothschilds. This Jacob Schiff also founded the National Advancement for the Association of the Colored People. Yes, the NAACP. And the reason why he created this NAACP was because he was trying to go against Booker T. Washington. And Booker T. Washington at that time was a conservative. His stance was self-reliance. He did not want the black people depending on the government or anyone to help them. He wanted blacks to understand their gifts and their callings and work for themselves and build wealth themselves, build their own communities. So Jacob Schiff decided to come against Booker T. Washington by creating the National Advancement for the Association of the Colored People, the NAACP. So if you don't know your history, we will repeat it. He put W.E. Du Bois as the front man for the NAACP. And his total purpose was to create division against the blacks. And he used W.E. Du Bois to do just that. Howard Sakar, in his book, A History of Jews in the America, in 1914, Professor Emeritus Joel Spingarn of Columbia University became chairman of the NAACP and recruited for its board Jewish leaders, Jacob Schiff, 
Jacob Bilikoff, and Rabbi Stephen Wise. Other Ashkenazi Jew co-founders included Julius Rosenthal, Lillian Wald, and Rabbi Emil G. Hirsch. It was not until 1920 that the NAACP appointed its first black president, James Weldon Johnson. And his title was something more like executive secretary or operating officer. But prior to that, the president was white. NAACP was started by the Ashkenazis. The board was full of Ashkenazi Jews. Not until 1920 is when they elected James Weldon Johnson as executive secretary or the president of the organization. And all this time we're thinking this organization was set up for us, and it never was. It was set up for them to keep us divided, to put W.E. Du Bois's in our faces, thinking that they're going to do the work for our communities. And this explains why that work has not been done because the NAACP was created by them Astronauts and for them and so whoever is coming before them and being the leaders and the and the voice for the NAACP they're not voicing our concerns they're voicing whatever the board that's Nazi Jews are wanting they never told us this we just accepted what they gave us and never questioned anything but now we're questioning we're asking the right questions we're doing the research the NAACP was founded by Jacob Schiff a broker for the Rothschilds the board was filled with Ashkenazi Jews and did not appoint their first black officer until James Weldon Johnson came around the 1920s. Yes, this is a hot mess. Let's continue on. Werner Sombert wrote the book, The Jews and Modern Capitalism. Stated from 1820 and on, it was the age of the Rothschilds. He said, there was only one power in Europe, and that is Rothschilds. In 1913, Woodrow Wilson became the 28th President of the United States of America. But shortly after his inauguration, he was visited in the White House by an Ashkenazi Jew named Samuel Uttermeyer. Uttermeyer had came there to blackmail him for the sum of $40,000 in relation to an affair he had while he was a professor at Princeton University with a fellow professor's wife. President Wilson didn't have the money, so Uttermeyer said, you know, I will volunteer to pay the $40,000 out of my pocket to the woman you had the affair with, with the condition that you must promise to appoint the first vacancy in the United States Supreme Court, a nominee recommended by us or by me, Untermeyer said. So Wilson agreed. So Jacob Schiff, he's back at it again, sets up the Anti-Defamation League in the United States called ADL. This organization is formed to slander anyone who questions or challenges the Rothschild's global conspiracy as anti-Semitic. Strangely enough, the same year they do this, they also set up their last and current central bank in America, the Federal Reserve. Congressman Charles Lindbergh stated, following the passing of the Federal Reserve Act on December 23rd, the act establishes the most gigantic trust on earth. When the president signs this bill, the invisible government of the monetary power will be legalized. The greatest crime of the ages is perpetrated by this banking and currency bill. It is important to note that the Federal Reserve is a private company. It is neither federal nor does it have any reserve. It is conservatively estimated that profits exceed $150 billion per year. 
and the Federal Reserve has never once in its history published its accounts. The puppeteer for the Rothschilds and for the Ashkenazi Jews. He never once questioned Uttermeyer. Like, did you talk to the lady? How did you know this? He just assumed that the lady wanted $40,000. He didn't have the money. And Untermeyer so happily had the money. And from this blackmail, they're now able to convince Woodrow Wilson to do what they want. They now have an ADL, which is Anti-Defamation League. No one can slander them. And in 1913, Woodrow Wilson signed the 1913 Federal Reserve Act into law, allowing the 12 Federal Reserve banks to print money following exactly into the hands of the Rothschilds and their banking empire. Not long after Wilson is in office, World War I kicks off. The Rothschilds had loaned money to the Germans, that loaned money to the British, and loaned money to the French. The Rothschilds also controlled the European news agencies, Wolf in Germany, Rudders in England, and Havis in France. The Rothschilds would use Wolf to manipulate the German people into a war. It was known at that time the Rothschilds were rarely reported in the media because they owned the media. Wilson is president. A vacancy comes up in the Supreme Court. Louis Dimbitz Brandis, a Ashkenazi Jew, is appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States by President Wilson as per his agreed blackmail payment to Samuel Uttermeyer years earlier. Justice Brandis is also elected leader of the Executive Committee for Zionist Affairs. During the middle of the World War I, Germany was winning the war because they were being financed by the Rothschilds to a greater extent than France, Italy, and England. The Rothschilds did not want to support Russia, but Russia was on the same side as France, Italy, and England. Then something happened. Although Germany was winning the war, offered a peace offering to Britain with no requirement of reparations. But the Rothschilds were anxious to make sure this didn't happen as they were expecting to make far more money off this war. So the Rothschilds had to change their plans. As Britain is considering Germany's offer to make amends, the Rothschilds agent, Louis Brandis, the Supreme Court Justice appointed by President Wilson, sends a Zionist delegation from America to Britain to promise to bring America into the war on the side of the British, provided that the British agreed to give the land of Palestine to the Rothschilds. Let me repeat that. Louis Brandis sends a Zionist delegation from America to Britain to promise to bring America into the war on the side of the British to ensure that the Rothschilds gets the land of Palestine. Genesis 9:27. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Palestine is Israel. The Rothschilds had great business interest in the far east of the world and multiply their business and banking businesses all across the world. But they wanted their own state and they chose Israel or Palestine to be that state. They wanted their own state in that area, along with their own military, which they could use as an aggressor to any state that threatened their interest. So the British agreed to the deal for Palestine and the Zionists in London, contact their counterparts in America and inform them of this deal. All the newspapers in America at that point had been pro-German, had turned now against Germany, running malicious ads against Germany. 
saying that the German soldiers were killing the Red Cross nurses and the German soldiers were cutting off babies' hands in order to manipulate the Americans to go against the Germans, to think they were cruel and mean people. Again, this is the same operation. They're consistent in how they operate. And the Germans is family to the Rothschilds. They're all the family of Jafet. The same year, President Wilson began to start his re-election campaign. And one of his slogans that he had was that, re-elect the man who would keep your sons out of war. And so he was priding himself that he will not get into any wars. America will stay completely out of the war. But the Rothschilds had a different plan. They'd already blackmailed him to get their new Supreme Court justice on board and to start the different initiatives and departments that they needed to advance their agenda. Germany wanted peace with Britain, but the Rothschilds said no. They would make more money off the war. So President Wilson, under the instruction of the American Zionist and Supreme Court Justice Louis Dembitz Brandis, reneges on his promise to the electorate that he would not take America into the war. After he told the American people that he would not get into the war, he went into the war because he was being blackmailed. The Zionists said, you know, British, we need something in writing. We want to make sure that America gets into this war and helps the British win this war against Germany. We need something in writing. So the British Foreign Secretary at that time, Arthur James Balfour, draft a letter that is known today as the Balfour Declaration. This is so gangster. Like, who does this? How do you manipulate so many people to do what you want and you do it over and over again? The Balfour Declaration, November 2nd, 1917. Dear Lord Rothschild, I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of His Majesty's government, the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been submitted to and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. And we use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionist Federation. Yours sincerely, Arthur James Balfour. Arthur Balfour writes a letter of sympathy to justify the Rothschilds and the Ashkenazi Jews coming and taking over a land that's not theirs. During this time of invasion by the Ashkenazis, the population of Israel was less than 1% Jewish. Keep in mind, the letter J is only a few hundred years old. The Israelites did not go by the name Jewish. They were Israelites. There is a difference. Israelites came from the line of Shem, Eber, the Hebrews. Ashkenazis come from Japhet. In the declaration, he says Jewish, I-S-H, which means kind of. It doesn't even mean a certainty. It's Jewish. So it's kind of Jewish. What is that? That should cause you to pause and question, okay, is this real or not? And all this was done because of a blackmail to President Wilson because he had an affair. He didn't want the world to know, but in light of everything, it would have been better for him to just go ahead and come clean and say, yes, I had this affair. That way he could not be blackmailed and he caused so much harm and damage because 
He lied to the American people. And now he's in this war, which he said he would never be a part of. And it's only going to help the Rothschilds. It's only going to help them because they've paid Germany, they've paid Britain, and now they have the U.S. in their pockets. And so it's all a big conspiracy all for them to fight. And there's only one player that's enjoying this. And that's the player that's behind everyone that's in the war, including the U.S. And you will see these trends throughout history. Whenever there's a war, there's always people behind the war and people that were profit from the war just as the u.s invaded iraq the federal reserve bank was not there until after the invasion if you look at all the players that are in the different countries the rulers of the countries for instance arthur balfour was from jaffet's lineage he was from britain he was a prime minister there he was a politician and also a philosopher he was from scotland he was a member of the conservative party the rothschilds they were from Europe. They were part of Germany. President Woodrow Wilson was from Scotland. His family was from Great Britain and the UK before they migrated to the United States. So all of these players are in one family. Do they know they are part of the same family? Are they working together? Who knows? And it's an interesting thought to see exactly what are they doing? What is their motives? As they invaded Iraq, there were weapons of mass destruction. But when I got there, there was nothing. What we do know is that all the wealth was gone. Their leader was killed. Many, many Iraqians were murdered and killed. And right after the war, there's a Federal Reserve Bank in the country of Iraq that was not there before. President Bush, his lineage goes right back to Europe. They're from the UK as well. Insert, side eye. There's no doubt the people of Jafet are powerful. They work together to achieve their mission. They'll have country A and country B go against one another. And Jafet is behind country A and country B. And they're controlling the reports, the news of what happens about country A and country B. This is a pattern. We see it over and over again. But we need to wake up and understand what they're doing. We need to wake up and understand that. Should our children be a part of these wars since there is a common denominator behind the scene that's pulling the puppets to do whatever they want to make them richer, to make them more powerful, to make them more stronger. God said that Japheth would enlarge themselves, and they have. And they've done it through wars and through multiple ways of manipulation. How much more money do you need? How much more power do you need? Enough is never enough. The Federal Reserve Bank is in every country across the globe. It's not ran by the government itself. It's a private institution. How could that happen? How could each country allow this to happen? They're in every country except Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. Putin in Russia has been trying for years to get the Federal Reserve out of their country. And they're having a hard time. They are having a hard time getting them out of their country. He wants them out. John F. Kennedy, he wanted the Reserve Bank out of the United States. And we saw what happened to him. He was gone. But this mastermind behind these Federal Reserve Banks and manipulating companies to sell and is this one family from the family Jafet and the multi-trillionaires. You never read about them. You never hear about them because they're quiet. They've made so much money. They have such a resolve in what they have done and what they have accomplished to be able to say, yes, we have gone and set up a reserve bank in every country except three. And trust me, they're still trying to get into these three nations as well. If they could, they would already be in those nations. And they're all from the same people. <laughs> they're all from Jafet's lineage. 
Ashkenazi Jews are not Israelites. Remember, they're Jewish, which we don't even know what that is. But we do know Ashkenazi is the son of Gomor. Gomor is the son of Japhet. That's who they are. The people in Israel now are Japhet's people. They are not the Israelites because the Bible says so. Genesis 9 and 27. God shall enlarge Japhet and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. That's where they are. We know the truth. And they got their knowledge and wisdom from the fallen angels. Yes, the fallen angels. We saw the remnants of the fallen angels throughout the northeastern countries. They use that wisdom to enlarge themselves across the nations, across continents, even taking the land of Israel. Listen, their agenda has not stopped. The patterns are still the same. Look at the wars. Look who starts the wars and look who benefits from the wars. So think higher. Don't get caught up in the games that are being played, the confusion, the chaos, framing the narrative one person against another and the same people are behind both people. The Democrats, the Republicans, independents, they're all the same people behind the scene. In the front, you see different characters, but behind the scene, there's only one group of people that's controlling the narrative. Your news stations, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, they're all controlled by the same people. One station is against another station and they're both a part of the same team. Understand the game. Understand that it's time to stop wasting time on this foolishness. Look at the presidents. There was a experiment done by a young girl in America and from her study she found that all the presidents were related in the same family to one man except one. Now that study or that experiment, it's probably not 100% accurate, but it's close. We know that presidents, all of them in the US, are from the northeastern parts of the world. That's where they came from. They migrated here. They're all from the northeastern parts of the world. All the presidents, including Obama, are from Japhet. The current president today in the United States, his name alone, T-R-U-M-P, is from England and Germany. His mother was born in Scotland. His father was from Germany. They migrated to the US. This country is not theirs. Their country is with Japheth in the northeastern part of the world. The Bible says, as the days of Noah, so shall it be now. So we're living in that time where the exact thing that was going on with Noah is happening now. That's why we have to be cognitive who the players are, where they come from. It's important to know what they did then, they're still doing now. The fallen angels are getting as many people as possible to turn away from Yah. God is on the throne. He sees it all. He's a God of timing and seasons. And in his time, in his season, he will level the playing field or he will bring to order what is out of order. We have to trust him. But we're learning history. History is his story. It's her story. It's our story. Learning who they are. Learning who we are to help us understand our present and our future to help us move forward knowing that yes, we are the chosen people. We've in this state because of disobedience, but God is coming to vindicate us. And that's the hope that we have. And that's why he sent Yeshua to come and clean up the bloodlines because he knew the fallen angels would corrupt the bloodlines, allow his blood to cover every sin, cover every wrong, to restore hope again to us. But we as the Israelites have to come back and accept the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and also accept Yeshua, Jesus, accept him. What he did was a lot. 
what he did for us was also enough, enough for us to have access back into the presence of the Most High. We have to put respect on his name as well as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by following his laws and his commandments, teaching this generation and the generations to come who our God is. I'm not sure who their God is, but we know who our God is. It's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's who we love and that's who we serve. History is helping us not to repeat the bad and helping us expect the good. Genesis 9, 27. God shall enlarge Japhet, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. And they have done just that, period. As we seek truth, seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything, but we seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who knows everything. Let truth roar, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Truth Wars cites the Apocrypha, the Days of Noah, WordPress, and see our podcast disclaimer at www.truthroars.com.